Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless, it's Diva Talk Radio. National Diabetes Awareness Month. Tonight, Diva Inspiration is a superstar singer who took <coughs> charge of her health after being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure. She lost over 60 pounds. Now she says she's feeling and singing better than ever. It's Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, and she's inspiring us all month long. Now, when I think of Shaka Khan, I think of Sweet Thing, so I know if you're like me, Dealing with a sweet tooth can be a problem if you're living with diabetes. But I'm here to tell you for November, I have taken a special moment to recognize that I have the first sneak peek of my favorite things list for 2012. And just like Oprah, I've got top the top 12 gift ideas that could help you stay healthy and upbeat about your care. So this year I've decided because it's National Diabetes Awareness Month, I would go a month early and announce one of my favorite things that I think will inspire everyone to be diva about their diabetes. And I need a drum roll. If you're intimidated by the kitchen like I am, and I think Shaka Khan was a few months ago, this gift is for you. It's the it's cook it's the cookbook Kitchen One O One Secrets to Cooking with Confidence. And Cooking Basics by Holly Clegg. And joining me on the show is the fabulous cookbook author, Holly Clegg. Hi, Holly. Well, hi. And that's such a nice, um, very sweet of you. I'm touched that you selected my gift. That was a surprise, everyone. I know. And I because I love this cookbook, I've had it for a month. You know what I love about your cookbook? You've got, you coded it. So inside this book, because it really is for the beginner cook, in my opinion, you have a big D, which I like to say means Jiva, but in this book it means diabetes-friendly recipes. So I know exactly which recipes I should be cooking because I'm a man at risk for diabetes to keep me on track with my health goals. But why why did you come up with this book? Why did you want to publish yet another fabulous book? You have so many already. Well, this book's a little different. It sort of is, like you said, the basics. But I wanted a book um, to be the easiest of easy, sort of to show people that are afraid of the kitchen, that whether you're moving to your first apartment, whether you just never had time to cook and you want to tackle it, that you can do it. And I did something really different besides making just some easy chapters from, you know, the first being the cooking basics, sort of a a dictionary, a culinary dictionary, stock your pantry, just the basics, some things. I mean, how to set the table. I still go to a little picture, which I included, how to properly set the table, which is coming around for Thanksgiving. But I listened to what everybody wanted with this book. And I think one of the magic words nowadays is rotisserie chicken. So I included a chapter in rotisserie chicken. Um, There's fix it fast, start simple, and crock pots. 
You know, Max, the crock pot, I put a message on Facebook and I said, do you all cook with crock pots? I had over 100 responses and over over 100 likes. So I diligently started testing recipes to make sure and include a crock pot section because I didn't realize how popular it was. Well, once I started testing recipes, I understand because it really is a time saver in life. Well, what I loved was the recipe for the sweet potato skins, which I'm going to be making later this week. And, again, that's from uh, the cookbook, one of your diabetes-friendly recipes. But I do like how... You you know, it goes from simple to a little bit more complex, but like you said earlier, you even, um, what I like is you kind of spelled out what the different ingredients were, you know, popular ingredients, so I have a better knowledge of that. So for people who are new in the kitchen like I am or feel intimidated, these uh-huh. really are stressy recipes. And I, I just, I love, um, I just love the pictures, the color, and just the upbeat approach to cooking that you took with this book. So tell everybody how they could get this book and put it on their gift list for this year. Well, you could go to any on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com, and my website is hollyclegg.com, H-O-L-L-Y-C-L-E-G-G.com, and I have I don't sell the book from my website, but I have tons of sample recipes. And you want to sign up for my monthly menu newsletter on my website. Uh, And this is a book you're going to use. And probably what's dear to my heart, everyone knows, or hope you all do, Max does, that I have a book with the uh, American Diabetes Association. And I've done something new with this book because, as you all know, there's no magical diabetes diet. It's just the healthiest way to eat. So I integrated, as Max said, a D by all your diabetic-friendly recipes throughout the book because I wanted to show people that if you need to follow uh, a diet that fits into the guidelines as a diabetic diet, doesn't mean you have to change what you eat. You just change how you prepare it. So, and after my book with the ADA in, in Too Hot in the Kitchen and Gulf Post Favorites, there's so many books that fit within the, so many, excuse me, recipes that fit within the diabetic guidelines that I thought, I'm going to let everybody know. And it's just the healthiest way to eat, and these recipes are fabulous. In fact, as you flip through the pages, you wouldn't recognize or be able to um, uh, differentiate between those that have the little D um, just as well. You know, you said a book of symbols, and I again, I try to make it just so accessible. I have a snowflake for all your freezer-friendly recipes. Um, you know, freezing is a great uh, tool. It for is, a busy it is an amazing. It is an amazing book. It has 150 recipes, but we're going to move on with the show. So we're going to let people go check you out on Amazon.com. Thanks for joining the show, and just know that it comes from Holly's heart. We've had her on the show several times. It's always a pleasure to have you joining us. Thanks for being on the show. My pleasure, too. Thank you. Y'all have a good holiday. Bye. Now I'd like to welcome the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. Pittsburgh fans are going to recognize that from our recent Gillian's Island new stage show that we just presented at the ADA Expo in Pittsburgh. But I want to welcome three of the smartest and sexiest diabetes educators from around the country. Please meet Patricia Adigenzel from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Patricia. Hello, Max, and thanks for having me back. Pam Butler from New Orleans. Hi, Pam. <laughs> Hi, Max. Thanks for having me today. And Constance Brown Riggs from New York. Hi, Hi Max. Hi, always a pleasure. 
give a round of applause, Constance, because you and I survived the hurricane. But I really want to first kick off and talk to Pam Butler because Pam Butler, you know, this year has been tough for a lot of people with the economy, so it's always good to share some good news. And I heard you got, you just recently had uh, got a new job. So tell everyone about your new job, your new position. Um, I have a new job with a company called Novo Nordisk, and uh, I work as a diabetes educator still, which is my passion. And uh, mainly what I do is uh, work more with doctor's offices staff so that they help divas and all other people with diabetes um, better manage their diabetes so all that scary stuff doesn't happen. And I also still work with patients, so I feel like I have the best of all worlds. Well, congratulations. We're happy to have you on the show. But I have to tell you, you're in for a doozy because this month's hot topic is somewhat inspired by Shaka Khan. You know, when she made this incredible 60-pound weight loss listener, she said that she did it by using a protein diet drink that makes the claim you could reverse your diabetes. So I wanted the educators, my Charlie's Angels of Outreach, to tell me how they felt about this term or claim reverse your diabetes, and Pam Butler, you're in the hot seat with me right from the top. Uh, <laughs> what types of diabetes can be reversed? I have a sibling living with type 1 diabetes. This terminology sometimes drives me crazy. So can you tell our listeners what, what this concept is and your view on it? Um, of course, most people have type 2, so so I'll focus more on type 2. What kind of diabetes can be reversed? Um, what I think can be reversed is gestational diabetes, which any woman who's had gestational diabetes knows what that is. That's diabetes that develops when you're pregnant and, in effect, goes away once the baby is delivered. Um, pre-diabetes, uh, landmark research, or what's still called borderline by doctors, uh, Landmark research called the Diabetes Prevention Program showed that people on that slippery slope to being uh, diagnosed with diabetes were able to prevent it by increasing their level of physical activity to the tune of 150 minutes a week and losing a very modest amount of weight. Um, as far as reversing type 2, if it's truly uh, insulin resistance, which is a medical term, but it means exactly what it sounds like it means. It means your body resists using the insulin that you're that you're making um, by being more active and um, decreasing your body weight. That insulin resistance can go away. So that's what I think about when I hear that term, reversing diabetes. All right, and I know Constance Brown Riggs, you're also a best-selling author. You write a lot on your own personal blog as well as for other national magazines and websites. Uh, what do you think about this idea that intensive lifestyle and dietary changes can completely reverse diabetes? Well, we, we know uh, from research definitely that with eating healthy, high fiber, um, controlling your body weight, exercising more, all of those lifestyle changes can help you to reduce or we can say bring your A1C level down. And from that sense, yes, you are reversing your diabetes. The the key, however, is it really depends on the individual, how long they've had diabetes, how much um, functioning their, their uh, pancreas is able to, to maintain in terms of secreting enough insulin to handle the food that that individual is eating. So, I, you know, the term reverse diabetes can be very confusing and misleading to many individuals. Um, you know, if, if they do bring their levels down and they lose weight and they're eating healthy, but then all of a sudden 
they change and they go back to eating the old way, they gain the weight back, well, all of their symptoms, if you will, are going to return as well. So can we say that they completely reverse their diabetes if they can rewind it again? So I I think it's really very confusing for, for most individuals when we use the term reversing diabetes. And Patricia, you uh, you live in Atlanta. We both presented outreach at the Fox Theater where Luther Vandross also performed. I worked for Luther for 13 years. Just like Constance said, I mean, Luther reversed his diabetes 10 or 12 times when he lost upwards to 80 pounds, but then it came rushing back the day he had his, his stroke and he was living with type 2 diabetes, I should remind everyone. Uh, what do you feel about this term, reverse diabetes? I agree with everything that has been said, Max. And, of course, we do see people who are quite successful at um, managing diabetes is what I like to call it because diabetes actually did not go away. It has not been reversed uh, by the true meaning of reversal because it's still something that requires work. And once the work discontinues, you see the symptoms and diabetes return. So if you have to continue the implementation of the healthy lifestyle, and so many times people who get that excellent control tend to feel like it's something they don't have to think about ever again, and they tend to drift off and start uh, going back to that old lifestyle and those desires and, and the things that are lingering there to kind of distract you from that good management. So it requires a lifetime of management. And by saying that, I would like to um, vote, I guess I'll say, on the side that diabetes is not truly reversed. I love it. Oh, and thank you, Angels, for sharing uh, your comments on the hot topics. Straight ahead, listeners, it's time for Dining Out with a Dietitian. Let's welcome back Constance Brown-Riggs, a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator, who was without power for several days. Hi, Constance. Hi, 12 (laughs) days to be exact. (laughs) You survived Hurricane Sandy. How was it for you? Oh, it, it, it was a challenge. It definitely was a challenge. I was without power for four to five days. How about you? 12 days, 12 long days. And we were we were flooded, and you know we we lost uh, two cars that were totaled as a result of the flood, and uh, we lost our little fish in the fish pond, and you know, but all is well, all is well. We're, we're definitely blessed, and not as bad as many people, you know, were uh, affected as a result of Sandy. I love your spirit, and I just appreciate so much for taking time in this moment to help us out and change attitudes and people living with diabetes. And because of that, I thought I'd take you out of town, Constance, and we go to Savannah, mm-hmm. Georgia. Okay. Because there's famous diva living with diabetes that you're making headlines. Her name's Paula Dean, and she has a restaurant called Lady and Son. So tonight you're dining out with me to help our listeners become better eaters when ordering off the menu. And Lady and Son, Constance, mm-hmm. often is a buffet. So, you know, I'm a manager of developing diabetes. I want to stay on track with my goal this year of not gaining weight during the holidays. Can I really navigate the buffet, or is that a big no-no? 
Well, it becomes a big no-no when you go in with the thought that if you are paying seventeen ninety-nine, that you've got to eat thirty-four ninety-nine worth. So that's where the biggest problem is. Most people think they have to out-eat whatever they pay. So that's number one. That causes a problem. The other is if you plan strategically, you certainly can still eat healthy at a buffet and not blow your diet while you're there. So now when you're looking at this menu, and I'm looking at, I have the choice of cream potatoes, mac and cheese, yam, collard greens, rice, and southern fried chicken. And for dessert, we have banana pudding, without a G, uh, peach cobbler, and gooey butter cake. You're the author of Eating Soapily and Healthfully with Diabetes. What are you going to tell me to go for? Well, when it when it comes to the meat, there's it's it's pretty much six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. So my biggest tip would be portion control, and to think in terms, especially this buffet is is a lot of high fat foods there, a lot of uh, starchy foods, high in carbohydrate. So think in terms of your plate and portion the food on your plate. So go for the leafy green vegetables, which are going to be your collards, and make that the larger portion of your plate, maybe about half your plate, that can, along with a side salad of, you know, green vegetable, a little cucumber and tomato and so on. And then um, in the other half of the plate, divide that in half again so you have a quarter for your starchy item and the other quarter is going to be for your your protein item. And you decide. It's either going to be one or the other either the cream potatoes or the mac and cheese or the yams, but definitely not all three. And then we have to look at black-eyed peas. They're starchy also. Lima beans are starchy. So it would be either one of those is going to be a quarter of your plate. And then with the meat, you'll decide southern fried chicken, beef stew, or riblets. They're all high fat. They're all loaded with calories. So you want a small portion of only one, and that's the key. And then... I say, I mm-hmm. I say, I invite you over to my house and I make you some a recipe from Holly Clark's Kitchen 101 cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> and we save ourselves a whole temptation. How's that? That that's even well, better. That's even better. <laughs> we don't have it by we don't have to have it by candlelight this week. I, I'll turn on all the power. <laughs> oh, and I'd love that. <laughs> we'll be posting all of Constance's tips on our on our blog as well as on Constance's website. Now I'm ready to pass the bow Hello, Diva. Oh, hello, Diva. It's time to pass the bow and show us your new attitude. Oh, yes, listeners. You know, it's National Diabetes Awareness Month. I needed a superstar, real life diva living with diabetes to join me. So I've got the best selling author, Ginger Briera, from Burlington, Vermont. Hello, Ginger. <laughs> Hello. That that introduction song was amazing. Well, you know, I Hi, know you're on the you're on the eve of your promotional tour for your newest book, Emotional Eating with Diabetes. So I'm so thrilled you made a stop by Diabetes Roundtable. Tell everyone about your experience living with diabetes. I diagnosed myself as a seventh grader with type one diabetes at a school health fair. Uh, one of the kids in my class was making a poster for his project on the health fair, and it was on diabetes. I think mine was on milk, actually. And on his poster listed all the symptoms, and I had been feeling every single one of those symptoms for the past three or four weeks. 
It's like my whole family got the flu and mine didn't go away. And I told my mom, I think I have diabetes. And she said, no, no way, that's not possible. And uh, a week later I started crying, and sure enough, diabetes. And then, you know, through that whole journey of diagnosis to Diva, you really, in my opinion, embody a true healthcare advocate, your own personal healthcare advocate. I know for a lot of people listening, uh, a diagnosis of diabetes is overwhelming, and I'm sure when they hear us say you should be an advocate for your own health, that just sounds like, oh my, oh my gosh, Mr. Divabetic, you now want me to take on my be an advocate. But why? Why did you embrace it, and how do you feel others can too as well? Mm, well, I've been in many situations with healthcare providers where I really felt like I wasn't being treated as a person. I was being treated like the disease, and they weren't looking at who I was and what I needed. And, you know, one to one example to give you is when I really started becoming interested in powerlifting, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit in my bio here, um, when I told the doctor that I was interested in powerlifting, he rolled his eyes at me and dismissed it altogether. And that is when I really started to study my own diabetes and my own body and find medical textbooks that really dug deeper into the physiology of the human body so that I could understand how to train on my own without the help of this doctor who was not supporting me whatsoever. Um, and that's been a crucial part of living well with diabetes for me is really taking it into my own hands and feeling confident in the fact that I can learn it and I can practice, you know, adjusting my own insulin doses and studying my own body. And the other, the newest chapter of your journey is that you write about it so others could learn from your experiences. The one you're talking specifically about was your first book, which is uh, your diabetes science, your diabetes science experiment, correct? Where you yeah. kind of made a simple guide for people to understand the um, understanding the details of diabetes management. But now yeah. you've taken on uh, you're, you're coming out with your newest book, which is the emotional eating with diabetes. What is this guide about? I know you're trying to help people create a positive relationship with food. What are you? What what do you, what would you say you're trying to do with this book? Well, so um, I've worked for many years now as a personal trainer and a cognitive coach. I work with people across the country through my um, diabetes coaching business at Living in Progress. And what I was finding with everybody, whether or not they had diabetes really, was that people create this big, giant, like destructive idea around food that makes it impossible for them to just enjoy the food they eat and then put it down when they've had enough and continue on with their life. And instead, they end up obsessing about every calorie and every gram, and they create all these really strict rules that are impossible to follow around food. And I started creating a process for people to kind of break down all those rules and all that really self-destructive, controlling thinking and really just start to look at food as fuel and then sometimes something that you enjoy. And so what this book is, is in very easy to read, 45 pages, size 18 font guide on identifying first what your current relationship with food is and how it's really impacting your life in a negative way, and then how to rebuild the way you think about food and the rules that you set up around food to actually support you, whether it's weight loss goals or diabetes management or just to overcome emotional eating and binging. Well, it sounds fabulous. Where can people get these books? EmotionalEatingWithDiabetes.com will have my book available December 1st, 
And then if you're looking for a copy of your diabetes science experiment, that is at my website, livinginprogress.com. Perfect. And now, Ginger, are you ready to play diabetes numerology? Oh, <laughs> boy, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to give you a drum roll. See if they do that on the Today Show for you, please, when you go there with your on your tour. Um, here's how it works. Our diabetes numerology game, I'm going to tell, read aloud a random blood sugar value, Ginger, along with a related situation. Then I'll ask you to tell us how you would deal with it, and then we'll get the angels, uh, we'll discuss your solutions and share some of their tips. Remember, if you're playing along with us tonight, keep in mind that one solution doesn't work for everyone. Check with your doctor to find out what your specific game plan should be, and visit divabag.org for free diabetes numerology Downloads now. Ginger, the best-selling author. Are you a Shaka Khan fan by chance? I I love my Shaka Khan music. Yeah. All right. Well, because tonight's game is inspired by Shaka Khan's song "Through the Fire" and is loosely based on the film "Towering Inferno." <laughs> Your diabetes numerology situation is: you're at the opening night party on the 35th floor of a colossal but poorly constructed office building. When a massive fire breaks out, that threatens to destroy the tower and everyone in it. Your diabetes numerology blood sugar value is 300. Ginger, what would you do? Mm. There's a massive fire in the entire building? (laughs) Yes, and it's poorly constructed. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, I would try to calm myself down. I would try to not freak out because the more I freak out, the higher my blood sugar will go. If I didn't have insulin on me, then I would very calmly try to work my way out of the building. If I did have insulin on me, I would calculate my correction dose, and I would take half of that dose because I can anticipate that I'm going to be doing some exercise in order to get out of that building, and my heart rate's going to be high, and I'm going to be a little more sensitive to insulin than usual as soon as I get that insulin on board. And that's what I would do. That's what we think of your answer. But Pam Butler, she's talking about insulin and extreme heat. Tell me what you thought about Ginger's uh, solution, and also what about insulin and extreme heat? Well, I thought her answer was excellent. Um, Ginger, you can be a diabetes educator, too, added to your resume in in the (laughs) insight that you showed. Um, What Max is referring to is something you may already know, that insulin is uh, actually a protein, and proteins can break down in extreme heat. I mean, think about what, hap- what happens to meat, you know, when you cook yeah. it. So you definitely would want to get out of that burning building as quickly as possible so that the insulin um, is, is still um, is still good, it's, it's still effective. Um, but I also just like what you said um, when you were talking earlier that, you know, you know that you're not going to be perfect, you're you're going to shoot for healthy, and that's, you're not going to, like you said, you're not going to get too uh, stressed out over your high blood sugar. You you know what to do when you have it, and um, you you can correct the high, and and that you already know exercise as well is going to help bring your blood sugar down. So, as I said, you you did a great job addressing such a scary situation. I, I don't want you to be uh, in that kind of inferno. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And Ginger, for playing our diabetes numerology game tonight and helping us raise awareness in a fun new way, you're getting a new natural gift basket filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a cabbage cheese gift basket, and a healthy chocolate gift basket from Lily at www.simple-approachtohealthyliving.com. 
coming up right now that we have our final moments with Mama Rosemary and her mother, your diabetes tip. Mama Rosemary, are you there? Yes, I am. Ready to give my tip. My tip this month is to keep you and your family safe from food-related illness. As you prepare holiday meals, remember to wash your hands and surfaces often. Avoid cross-contamination by keeping raw meat, poultry, seafood, and eggs and their juices away from ready-to-eat foods and eating surfaces. Cook foods to the proper temperature and refrigerate promptly. Happy Thanksgiving and ciao for now. <laughs> right, and Ginger, what did you think of the show tonight? Tell me something good. I I love the numerology. I had no idea that was coming. That was awesome. That's so creative. And I love All having right. so many different minds on the phone. Well, remember, Ginger, and everyone listening, um, every diva has an entourage, just like Shaka Khan. And I'm so glad to be part of yours. So let's get happy and stay healthy together. Thank you all for listening. Have a good night. Are you ready to dance with us, baby?